knowing what you believe and why you believe it lies at the very heart of Christian experience, worship, and everyday living. The Bible's not about you. You're not David. Trouble in life is not Goliath. Jesus is going to be David in the shadow. Goliath is going to be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, and it doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner going, he's going to kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I, with body and soul, life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Gospel is that God the Son freely agreed to die our death for us, to suffer our deserved condemnation and doom in our place. And he did, didn't just agree from eternity to do it, he actually did it. It is fatal, fatal for us to think that we can ever move on from the gospel. The great problem in the evangelical church today where the scripture is concerned is not the inerrancy of the Bible. The great problem in the evangelical church today is the sufficiency of scripture. We don't think it's sufficient to do what we have to do. So we have to wake up to what's happening and recognize that the problem really is our lack of theology. Hi and welcome to Theology Gals. So today's episode, Ashley and I recorded uh, several weeks ago. We knew that Ashley was going to need to take some time off to finish up her master's, so she'll probably be gone just for a few weeks, but we have some great things planned for the next few weeks and some things for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation coming up. And so we recorded the main part of the episode, but she's unable to do the intro and ending with me this week. But I wanted to just quickly before I get to the episode, I wanted to play a couple of voicemails that we received about our complementarianism, biblical manhood, womanhood series. I'm not sure what we're calling it since we're now unsure about the complementarianism label for different reasons, but we did get a couple of really great voicemails. And the first one is actually from someone who's been a guest on our show, and that's Andrew Rappaport. So for those of you who don't know, Theology Gals is part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network, and the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network is under striving for Eternity Ministries, which is what Andrew Rappaport is with. So even though we have some theological differences, we had him on for our dispensational series. We have much in common regarding the gospel and, and essentials of the Christian faith. But I may have misrepresented Andrew's view. So I think when he was listening to our episode, he called and left a voicemail. And I, I really appreciate Andrew so many things. He has a lot of great stuff. If you go to the website, Striving for Eternity, a lot of great stuff on apologetics and, you know, some other good things there. So let me play his message and then just respond briefly to it. I, The reason I'm playing these now is it's going to be a while before Ashley and I together can kind of get back to this series. And I, both of these voicemails, I think were really good. And so I thought I would play them just briefly respond, but they are things, especially the second one that I'm going to play that I am hoping Ashley and I can address 
in more detail in the future. But I'll, I'll start with this from Andrew Rappaport. Well, this is Andrew Rappaport, and since my view was discussed on the show, might as well correct it. Uh, my view is actually not about the issue of authority, but teaching. When we look at the passage in First Timothy 2, 12 and following, a lot of people focus on the authority issue, whether we have authority. That's not actually the issue I have, because as you guys say, you don't have a forceful authority. That's the Greek has, and that talks about a forceful authority. More of the issue is the first part of that, that a woman should not have a general instruction. Uh, the word for instruction there in Greek is just a general type of instruction. <clears throat> and it's hard to teach without giving instruction. So if, if that passage of scripture applies, we need to focus on the instruction part more than the authority. Uh, so that's my thinking. That's where, where I struggle with it. And I haven't uh, come to clear conclusions on everything. But uh, that's where my focus is, more the instruction than the authority. Your thoughts. Okay, so he wants my thoughts. You know, I was kind of surprised by this because I knew that that's, that is what Andrew's issue was. And so I'm thinking because we talked about so much, it may have come across that I thought his issue with, was with authority. But I know that his issue is not with authority. His issue is, well, at least I would have said previously, his issue is with a woman teaching. So this, I think, could be such a, I'm not going to respond in detail to where I disagree with him, but I wanted to be fair to make sure, since I mentioned him in the last episode, that everyone understood where he was coming from. But this is something I think Ashley and I will maybe do a whole episode to talk in more detail. If you didn't listen to our episode with Amy Bird, please do. And, you know, this really has to do with when and if a woman can teach in any way with a man present. And so Ashley and I, and we talked with Amy Bird that we don't have a problem with a woman teaching at a conference. And we see a difference between a man, our pastor, teaching on Sunday morning and a woman teaching at a conference. And, but I think we'll just have to maybe address that in a lot more detail, maybe even a full episode where we can just talk a little bit more about that. And I think it would be helpful for us to go right to those passages, look at the context, look at what's being talked about. So keep your ears open for that episode, probably in, in the next couple of months. But we really appreciate Andrew and respect him a lot. We just have a few, a few disagreements with him, and that's okay. And this, we also got an e a message from a woman named Amber, and it's such an excellent, I think she brings up such an important point that we probably, I think maybe just in our lack of experience with this situation. So let me play it, and I'll respond briefly to it. Hi, this is Amber Scout. Um, I'm currently listening to your newest episode about, um, obviously with my son in the background, uh, the episode that's wrapping up our complementarian uh, study, the Biblical Manhood and Womanhood Q&A. And I am only on the first question um, about a husband with mental disease. I just have gone through this in the past six years. Um, and I actually have three other women who have gone through this, and I would like to 
put a caveat warning on what you guys have said because um, depending on the type of illness, men can get very, or well, not just men, anyone can get very simple because uh, there is a time when you're suffering so much mentally that you cannot um, stop looking at yourself. And even after years of treatment, we are still going through that with my husband. And as far as women responding to that specifically to men of the household, um, I think you got, I mean, I think you put in a really good answer. My, it, this is only an encouragement to women that are going through the same thing, that they have to be willing to take a stand against him and be communicating with pastors and counselors for um, when he is completely disengaged um, in the time when you are accountable to the Lord, maybe over your husband in the sense of him being completely apathetic about his own spiritual growth or your own. And I recognize this can apply to men, not just a mental disease, but there is a propensity for people who are suffering mentally um, to become very inwardly. Okay. Amber, I think that our voicemail cuts you off at two minutes, so I'm so sorry it, it cut you off, but I think I understand the primary thing that that you are saying. And first of all, thank you so much for calling in. I think you bring up something really important. Of course, both Ashley and I, it's not something that we have dealt with. We know from Scripture that sometimes we suffer that we may help others who are suffering, and so... I really appreciate your perspective and and what you have said what you have said here and I think I think it's a really important thing that you bring up and I greatly appreciate that you bring in the pastor to this because as Ashley and I believe so strongly and I think you've reiterated right there that when you are in a situation, and just to be clear, we our first question had to do with, you know, how does submission look when you have a husband who is dealing with depression? And so that's what Amber is talking about. And this, I think this is an important thing. And and really outlines why it's so important that you, if you are in that situation, that your pastor needs to be involved. We believe so strongly in the importance of the local church and those who are in authority over us in the church and how important having our pastor and elders as part of those things that we go through is. And, you know, that's, that's an important point, and I think that can happen anytime. I was even thinking... As you talked, I, I wrote a post recently about going through a really difficult illness. And I know even my own self, especially in the beginning, it was very easy just to become very selfish and self-centered. And even though I was suffering, it did not justify some of the ways in which I responded to my husband and my children. So I, I really appreciate that. And Amber, I... I looked for you in our group and I didn't find you in there and I really would love to talk to you sometime about what you've said because I think I think you can offer some perspective on this and if if you're willing please email me at theologygals@gmail.com or 
send me a message on social media or somewhere. And thank you so much for calling. And I even enjoyed hearing your son in the background. It's, you know, Ashley and I sometimes say, Theology Gals, podcasting in real life. We have our children interrupt. I think last week my husband was doing dishes in the background. So I just greatly appreciate that you called in to mention that. And I'm actually going to make sure the gal who asked that question, I'm going to forward your message to her even before this episode airs. So I think, so these are things, you know, Ashley and I, when we started this, what we started out calling complementarianism series, we said really, you know, we joked around that could be, you know, 42 episodes because there is so much to talk about and the questions continue to come in. So we will continue to discuss this. We will continue to discuss different aspects, where women fit in in the church, how we figure out some of these things in light of maybe our own very personal situations. And please feel free to call our voicemail or email us or send us a message on social media if you have questions for a future episode. And I do want to mention too, if you just have questions in general, theological questions that we can address in general, please call our voicemail because we are going to do another just question and answer episode where we'll discuss all kinds of things. We can take the biblical manhood and womanhood questions for then or anything else, you know, why do people baptize infants or whatever your question is, please, you know, leave us a voicemail. We love the voicemails, but we love, we love getting the messages on email, theologygals at gmail.com or social media. So, well, we will be right back and Ashley and I are going to be talking today about Christian unity. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TrackedPlanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's TRACTPlanet.com, coupon code BTWN. All right, Ashley. So this kind of, when you had gone on Facebook, or not Facebook, Twitter, but you mentioned this episode on Twitter, I noticed one person said something like, sounds like ecumenism. Mm. And and I thought, oh, really? Hmm. And we'll, pro- we'll have to definitely talk about that. What I asked on Twitter is, um, I asked, I'm, I'm bringing up my, my Twitter right now, I asked just any thoughts on Christian unity, especially online. You know, let's see, I said thoughts on Christian unity, especially on the internet. And I asked that because, you know, I've been, you know, in kind of reformed Facebook groups for the last couple of years. 
and you just see like people tearing each other down you know because they disagree and you know I love the reform community and how how seriously you know they take their convictions you know like they're convinced uh you know people like myself like you are convinced of our our theological positions and they want to you know <laughs> sometimes they're like making it a hill to die on some you know maybe more minor issues and within theology and but yeah i just the reason why i wanted to do this episode is just to talk about you know how can we be unified with brothers and sisters who have different theological views than us? Yeah. So especially because scripture really does call us to have unity with one another in the body of Christ. And I, I'm not going to, I'll put a lot of the scripture on the resource sheet, but I'm, I'm not going to um, list all of them, but I wanted to just maybe look at one passage and sure. Ephesians 4. So I'm just going to read this this little passage because I think I think this really sums up what we're supposed to be seeking and that's the beginning of Ephesians 4. And he says therefore I the prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Hmm. The thing that stuck out to me was the having tolerance for one another. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you just see in scripture how unity is very important um that we're not supposed to be divisive and you know intentionally um and within the body um and that's not just in ephesians i mean it's all throughout scripture right yeah so so i mean what is what do you think that looks like to you like within a local church body what does that mean yeah i think we're, what are we unified? Uh, what or what is the basis of our unity, and and how does it look? I guess is some things, and in and even so online, I think it is way more contentious than right. in the church. But yeah, I I was doing some reading in preparation for this episode and reading some different stories of churches that churches do split. You know, mm -hmm. they do split. And I think very often it's on secondary issues. And I I don't even think that that is necessarily wrong. Our, you know, our reformed denominations have splits in their past, the whole denomination. You know, you have the URC right. coming out of the CRC. You've got the history of the OPC. And so... But I think ultimately you're you are not going to agree with every single person that you're sitting on everything mm -hmm. with the people that you sit in church right on. And so ultimately, I think it's being mindful of 
who we are in Christ, being part of the body of Christ and the gospel. Mm -hmm. And instead of, like you said, taking small things and making them hills to die on. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Well, because I'm thinking I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of a really great church plant and we're tiny. I mean, we just, we just opened our doors less than a year ago and I think there's probably between 30 and 40 of us. Um, and I know even within our, you know, we, thankfully we have really great unity. We have no issues. Um, but I know that there's disagreements. I know that I don't agree even in a very small church body. There's, there's people that, we don't all agree on everything and yet we have unity because on the essentials we all agree on on basic doctrinal doctrinal matters we we agree um where our disagreements are are on you know maybe small matters of worship or you know things that are kind of um minute um in the scheme of things not that they're unimportant they're just small and so i think I think unity is saying, you know, I might agree on the disagree with someone on this tertiary issue, you know, because we've. I think we'll get into secondary issues um, and why you might be going to a different church or something, but um, on a tertiary issue, and I feel strongly about it one way, and my sister at my church, let's say, feels very strongly the opposite way. And yet we we can kind of like die to ourselves and say, yeah, but we're going to have unity in this body. You know, we're not going to make this, you know, something that um, is going to cause division. Um, just for example, like I've heard of a story where there was two families in a church and, you know, one felt really strongly that Halloween should not be celebrated and the other not so strongly, but just didn't see it as a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, so celebrate Halloween, not a big deal. And it caused major division, not just between these two families, but throughout the church because these two families just didn't agree. And that's definitely like a tertiary thing. And I know people have very strong opinions on it, you know, that I talk to people feel very strongly either way, but that's not something to, um, you know, cause division over, I guess. Yeah, and I, I would say two this, different things because we have we have things like what we believe about the sacraments, for instance, which may not be a foundational mm-hmm. doctrine of the Christian faith. And then we have things that will that I believe would probably fall under Romans fourteen, that sometimes that you do offer respect for something for the sake of peace. Because whether mm-hmm. you celebrate Halloween or Christmas, there might be different convictions, but there's no verse right. specifically about it. And I know some people feel very so strongly they would not see it as a Romans 14 issue. Right. But if if I um, let me see how to say this, if there's if I'm okay with Halloween, for instance, or I, I'll just say Christmas, if I'm okay with celebrating Christmas, and but somebody else feels very strongly against it. I'm not going to, you know, put it in their face and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I can. You're not going to invite them to your Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to go out of your way to like, hey, look at me. I'm celebrating Christmas and 
you know, I don't right. have a problem with it. Um, you just say, you know what, that person has very good reasons for having their conviction. Just like you have good reasons for your conviction. Like, as long as someone has reasons that are biblically based, you know, I, I'm going to respect that on, on those tertiary issues, you know, so. I, I have a okay. question for you and, and see what you think about this, but is the unity that we have in our local church different than the unity that we have for, you know, the church overall and, and specifically, you know, other denominations, people in other denominations that, that do embrace the foundational essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And so how is our unity in our church different than our unity? Yeah, that's a good question. Outside of our own denomination. I, I know that I, okay, I have a couple things to say to that. My pastor every Sunday prays for all the mission works and churches in our presbytery and in our dom denomination. And then he prays for all the Bible believing churches in our area. Um, and he's not, you know, it's like he's not just praying for our denomination. And like there is some sense of like we are in this, um, what's the word I'm looking for when I'm talking about like the whole body of Christ. Um, we have our local church, our local body, um, but we're also a part of, do we call it the universal church or the Catholic church? Yeah, the right. little C Catholic church. Um, right. And so there's that, you know, like my pastor makes it clear that, we are a part of this denomination. We're part of this local body, but we're also part of this um, universal church. Um, but I do think it looks different because I know the reason why, you know, you and I would choose to worship at the church we choose to worship at is we have strong convictions about the sacraments, um, about worship, and that's why we choose to worship at a Reformed denomination. Um, and so I'm probably going to have disagreements with someone who, you know, isn't part of a, a church that takes the same stance, uh, that, that, uh, we do on, on, um, the sacraments and worship. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. And so, and so I have, I have unity with, um, so I'm a Presbyterian. I think our listeners know that. I'm a Presbyterian, and I have unity with my brothers and sisters that are Baptists, for example. And yet, I would not um, try to say this carefully. And yet, I'm not going to worship with them on a Sunday because uh, the differences, the differences um, that I have with them are big enough where I'm going to say, you know what, Monday through Saturday, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. But on Sunday, we're going to go to different churches because I have very strong convictions about the sacraments and about worship. And you have strong convictions and they're very different. So is that kind of what you're getting at, Colleen? Yeah, right. And there's still our brothers and sisters on Sunday, but because uh, we have specific views about how God should be worshipped, we have specific mm -hmm. um, beliefs about what that looks like and how it's done. You know, we don't. Right. What worship looks like in an OPC on a Sunday morning is different than what worship looks like 
at the church that we went both attended. Yeah, I'm thinking of someone who tweeted in response to my question on Twitter. I'm going to call him out. I think it was Ben Woodring, who used to be I, part It's of, actually on the notes, I think. I put it on there. Okay, who's part of, used to be part of regular reform, guys. I know he's taken, taken a break, but um, he said, where is it, Colleen? Oh, I'm of the opinion that true unity comes from having a good understanding of where we differ and not trying to compromise on those points. I love that he said having a good understanding of where we differ because I think you do have to have a working knowledge of what someone who holds to a different, um, I guess a different theological view uh, is. You need to have like a, you need to have like a working knowledge of what it is that they, they believe and then be able to understand better why you differ. Does that right. make sense? And yeah, and I think this is this kind of brings up something I wanted to talk about is we don't have unity at the expense of truth. So right. we have I I cannot have unity with most people in the PCUSA mm -hmm. because they deny certain foundational aspects of the Christian faith. But right. I also it but even if I have unity with my Baptist brothers or you know, I do have unity with them, brothers and sisters. It, I'm not doing it at the expense of what I believe about things like the sacraments. And and they're not doing it at the expense of what they believe, you know? It's saying you and I both feel different relations. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to agree to disagree on this sacrament, you know, <laughs> but we love each other. You know, we're, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, you know. Um, so it's neither side needs to compromise as long as that's like it. All, it's almost like that has to be like a precursor, you know, to right. that, that kind of conversation is like, like, because if you think of like the difference between a Presbyterian and a Reformed Baptist, I mean, it's the sacraments and maybe some worship differences, but I mean, 95% of things we agree on. And so there's so much that we could talk about that we agree on, you know, um, it's just, we're not going to agree on the sacraments um, and that's okay, but we can be unified, you know, and be brothers and sisters in Christ and just worship at different churches on Sunday. Right. And what when we are having unity with Christians outside of our own denomination, what we are unified in is the essentials of the Christian faith. We're, we're unified on the gospel of justification by faith alone. Mm -hmm. Even at the Reformation, yeah. you know, Lutherans had certain beliefs, Reformed had certain beliefs, but they s still could have unity in the gospel in the five solas. Mm hmm. Right. Or, or yeah. So you could you could make this comparison for for like between any two denominational things. You know, uh, you, my pastor like obviously we're like a Calvinist Reformed denomination. Um, I've heard my pastor pray for our Arminian brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not like right. it. It would be really wrong for for me to say, you know, there's Arminian. You know, other people that are that are um, God's children and they don't agree with me on X, Y, and Z. And so I'm 
I'm not going to have unity with them. Sure, we're going to disagree on a lot, you know, in, in Armenian and a Reformed person, but they're still my my sister in Christ. So. Yeah. I think what, so what Ben's uh, tweet reminded me of was the things we talked about with Brian Thomas, and I just thought maybe just quickly go over them. Oh, yeah. And, um, and what we, what he talked about is how Christians from differing traditions can and should discuss, debate our differences in a generous, kind, and honest fashion while recognizing we belong to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And hmm. well, the first one was be clear on both sides, major on the majors, understand what it is we disagree about. And I have you ever been in a discussion, maybe even online or, or maybe just witnessed a discussion and they're debating something, but you can really tell one or both sides doesn't really understand what the other side believes. Yeah, you know, there's maybe misrepresentation or mm-hmm. false accusations, and right, and that's kind of you know Ben is kind of talking about that too. Understanding, yeah, our differences. I I often feel that way about in some of the baptism debates. There are definitely mm-hmm. Baptists who understand the Reformed position, but we had talked about one time in our group. When someone asked, you know, do you believe in pedo baptism and someone's and it, you know, why or why not? And somebody said, no, because of sola scriptura, <laughs> you know, right. And it's like, wait, what? Like they're not, they're not understanding the position. Right. Like, uh, like obviously, obviously those of us that are pedo baptists um, hold the sola scriptura. So it's, you know, so they, you know, and and I've talked to a lot of Baptists who totally understand the position. They understand the covenant, covenantal view, you know, and yet they say, I, I don't see it. I don't, you know, I don't agree. And that's okay. You know, that's, I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously we think we have the most biblical position. Um, and then obviously they think the same as well, or, or they wouldn't, you know, adapt their position. Uh, they, you know, we all are trying to find uh, the most, we're all trying to understand what is truth and what does scripture mean, you know? Um, but I think that's huge is understanding you, like I, I, they used to say this in school, you know, when we talk about debates and stuff, um, one of my teachers would say, you should understand the opposition's position so well that you could, you could debate it yourself. And I think, I think that's something, if you have a strong, a strong position on something like the sacraments or worship, um, like if you believe strongly in the regulative principle, you should really understand why people would hold to the normative under, normative principle, you know, like, and obviously that doesn't change what you believe. You still hold strongly to the regulative principle, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. you should you should be able to understand the other person's argument inside and out. I agree. I even remember in speech and debate class when the teacher would have us, you know, argue the other person's position. <laughs> I had to do that when I was in high school. I had to, we were debating um, the Industrial Revolution, and I had to be on the side that said child labor was good. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we had to do, it was like this courtroom, the way we did it. It was almost like a mock trial thing. And I totally won. I was, I was so excited. I won because I had to debate why uh, child labor and the industrial revolution was good, which is horrible. But, um, you know, it, it was good experience for me in trying to, okay, really understand why would someone make this argument? Because it seems crazy, you know, but. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to skip number two for now because I think his number three actually goes with number one. And he says, read original sources. And just this week, somebody came and commented on our episode with dispens about dispensationalism and had said, you know, why I wish you guys would have, you know, refuted him, the things he said or said something like that. And I said, well, that actually wasn't the purpose of that episode. And one reason why we had Andrew on is because we got a lot of questions about what dispensational is, dispensationalism is. Mm -hmm. And so we, we asked dispensational to tell us what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't, um, I see this a lot. I, I'm not going to get into politics, I promise, but I see this a lot in like political debates where, uh, one side doesn't actually understand what the other side believes. They just have kind of a caricature, I'm using that word again, I can't pronounce it, a caricature of what they believe. You know, there's kind of this really extreme version of, you know, this is what uh, this group believes. And so I'm going to dismantle that. That's called a straw man argument. You know, that's, that's not, you know, that's not actually what people believe. You know, I, there's a, I follow a Twitter account that, um, is Arminian and they try to debunk Calvinism and so often the things they say I'm like Calvinists don't believe that like that's <laughs> that's absurd you know but it's they've created kind of this caricature that's you know it's that's not what Calvinists believe so it's like don't if you're gonna you know disagree with someone on something make sure you're not creating a straw man argument and just trying to attack them based on that straw man because that's that's a it's called a logical fallacy. You know, it's yes, it's, it's not a good way to to argue. You know, and so. I think the Calvinism one is one that gets misrepresented so so often. And mm -hmm. I I had a a friend. She's a pastor's daughter, and she told me when she was growing up, her father always told her, you know, Calvinists don't believe in evangelism, and Calvinists don't believe in obedience. And huh. so sometimes, sometimes their their idea of what of what we believe is based on what they think it would lead to. Yeah, you know, if, if God so chooses yeah. people, if right. God chooses people, then you don't have to evangelize. But that's not what we believe. Or right. if God just chooses people, then you don't have to obey. You know, justification mm -hmm. by faith alone does not mean we we believe in a third in the third use of the law. Right. Which we will talk about in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get too too far off track here. Right. Uh, but yeah, that I think that's, yeah, that's just a really great point. Um, I see that happening a lot where someone says, well, I would never agree with this because they believe this. And then the person holding that argument's like, that's not what we believe. <laughs> like, you know, so just if you're, you know, in a disagreement with someone, make sure you really actually represent them well. I mean, I think misrepresenting someone, especially if it's a specific person, that's a violation of the ninth commandment. You know, you don't want to mischaracterize, misrepresent a position, you know, 
And so number two, I'll go back to number two of what he said, and that is be respectful and kind. Say it, say what you mean, but you don't have to say it mean. Be honest hmm. and don't argue about something you know little about, which, you know, hmm. this kind of all fits together. But on, on how we approach it, there's so much in scripture that calls us, even in the verse that I started out with from Ephesians 4, what does it say? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And I know that sometimes when someone is attacking your view, it's very easy to get defensive and just respond a certain way in return. But it doesn't necessarily help you yeah. to respond in an unkind way. <laughs> in fact, usually, right. or, and it doesn't necessarily help you to attack someone. I mean, I've noticed if I go and just attack someone from their view, I automatically put them on the defensive. They're probably not going to mm -hmm. listen to a thing I say after that. They're right. just going to be defensive about everything that I say. So I, I think that kind and gracious discussions tend to be more fruitful. And I think mm -hmm. you can be strong and you can you can be strong without being unkind right yeah you and like we said unity does not mean compromise be i mean if you've if you've studied and you have landed on a theological position that you think is biblical um you don't have to fold on that just to have unity you know but you you don't also you're like you said you don't have to be you know mean or um, unkind. But it's okay to be firm, and I think um, sometimes that's hard for for um, I'm saying this as a woman, so you know. But for women in particular, it's hard because if someone's being firm, that can be taken as mean <laughs> you know um yes. if someone if someone's saying hey this is no this is my position um and they're presenting an argument and they're refusing to compromise on their position um that can be taken as you know unkind or something um i won't say specifically what it was but i saw a discussion where um someone said okay i believe strongly that uh people should be doing, I believe that one of the commandments says, one of the positive commands of the commandment is people should be doing this. And someone said, so you think people who aren't doing that are in sin? And the person's like, yes, because I am convinced biblically that people who are not doing this, or that this is a positive command in scripture, so that Consequently, if you are not doing that thing, you're in sin, you know, and this person was so upset, you know, like, I cannot believe you would say that, you know, but it's like, that's not, that's not being mean. That's being, that's standing on your conviction. Uh, you know, if, if you believe that a commandment says, if you're convinced biblically that a commandment says you should be doing this and you're not doing it, you're in sin, you know, it's, that's that's just following through with, you know, that's a natural consequence of believing in the commandments, you know what I mean? And so I just thought that was interesting. This person was like, I cannot believe you would say that. That is so rude that you would say that I'm in sin. It's like, well, 
I believe, you know, that's what the commandment says. And that, you know, so those, those kind of conversations I think are difficult, especially, especially, you know, if you're convinced that, um, this is a certain way and that means people who aren't following it are in sin, you know? So, but that's tricky, you know, it's, it's hard to have those conversations. So, um, Colleen, I have a question then for you. So we've okay. talked about, we've talked about how, you know, we can get, we debate online sometimes and in person and how it can get kind of ugly. What do you think the purpose of debate is? I mean, should we be debating at all? Um, what do you think about it? Well, and, and I think this is something that, that Pastor Brian Thomas said on our show. And it, it, I've thought about it so many times ever since. And he says, remember, the point of debate is unity. And I've just thought about that so much. Because it's not when to be right. Yeah. At least I, I said it's it not to be right. Be. <laughs> Sometimes just, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> but really, it is an, it should be almost an iron sharpens iron you know you're challenging someone to make sure that their views in scripture and hopefully debates are fruitful it mm -hmm. shouldn't just be for the purpose of proving who's right it it should right. be fruit it should be encouraging both sides to be in god's word and to make sure that what they believe is truth my favorite thing my favorite debates that I've either watched or um, been a part of are ones where at least one party walks away and says, you know, I'm not sure that I'm convinced of what you're saying, but you've given me something to think about. And I think, I think that is the best way those debates can end. And maybe, you know, when that debate ends and you say, you know, I need to actually consider this and go back to scripture, maybe you actually end up confirming your own belief that you've already had but still it, it that that is an iron sharpening iron thing that you've you've you know it's caused some disequilibrium in what you already believe and you have to go search in scripture to kind of understand you know what it is that this what why would this person say this why you know they're why how did they arrive at this position i need to consider this biblically i think i think that's the best possible scenario with with online debates yeah i agree the other thing i a point that i really wanted to to make is sometimes i think in some of the more liberal churches and stuff i've seen people online say things like they'll show a screenshot from a debate and they'll say something about this isn't loving jesus was all about love and that's why we we do not believe that we should be ecumenical with people who are denying foundational aspects of the Christian faith. And and actually it is it is loving to point out theological error. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's not unloving, yeah. it's actually loving. And look at some of the things that, that Christ said and Paul said in scripture yep. when when there was so, error they were strong on that and they they were very clear that this is not okay 
And so right. I think there's a wrong understanding of what love is and what it looks like. Mm. Love isn't always saying you're right, you know? Right. I, I've seen this play out where someone, and I'm talking specifically about on, on Facebook, where someone will ask a question or state a position, and more than a few will come in and say, you know, scripturally, that's not right, or you need to think about this first, or biblically, and that person just gets really defensive, and, you know, that's not, this is not a loving, like, response to my question, and you're right, actually, Pointing them to like truth is the most loving thing you can do in that situation, not just patting them on the back. Right. Well, I think one thing that I do want to mention is sometimes in online debates, there is this, there is too much disunity on things. So we forget that we are united on the essentials of the Christian faith and the gospel. And, hmm. you know, people will not have any unity with someone because they have a secondary disagreement with them. Right. Majoring on the minors. Yes. Is what my, one of my old pastors used to say, don't major on the minors. Um, I've heard, uh, so you mentioned a large Facebook, reform Facebook group earlier. I've heard uh, them in that group say something about that before. You know, with so much to agree on, there's bound to be something we can fight about, you know? <laughs> you there's know, so especially, <laughs> especially in the reform community, there is so much that we agree on, so much. And so I think it tends to become a discussion about what we disagree on because we agree on almost everything, you know? So um, I, I think that maybe it's just the nature of Facebook and of, you know, online forums like that, where it's like, okay, we agree on 95%. So let's talk about the 5%. And um, so, yeah. I and I think I hear, I hear often things like reformed people are all this. And, mm -hmm. and the problem is, is, and I, I said to somebody that sentence should be reformed people on Facebook because what you see on Facebook is not necessarily what you're going to see in a reformed church. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, cause there are times where I think the reformed community is not represented. Well, if someone were to just look at Facebook, what's going on, I think if that was your only experience and then you walked into a reformed church, you'd be actually surprised, you know, um, about, you know, just how loving and kind and gracious, you know, these people actually are. So I would encourage people, if you, if you're on Facebook a lot and you're getting into a lot of these debates, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if you see yourself becoming divisive and arrogant and, you know, trying to pick a fight to take a step back and maybe take a break from, from Facebook or maybe, cause it's, I can see where sometimes being in those forums online is not really conducive to uh, just the health of someone's spiritual life. You know, um, I, I see that sometimes with people were like, maybe you should take a step, <laughs> take a step back or take a little break here, you know, um, because you're not, you're not helping yourself out. Yeah. I, I think it's good to take Facebook breaks 
you know, even if it's just a few days, it's good. I will take days where I don't go in any group on Facebook. So I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a good thing to do. I've taken a two month break before. And sometimes mm -hmm. I just feel worn out and it's, and I realize it's just not fruitful for me mm -hmm. at that, at that particular time. Yeah. It's, it can be discouraging because you know, especially in the, like we already said in the reform community that Gosh, there's so much we can talk about that we we agree on. I mean, this year, how exciting is it that this is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation? Like, we all just should be so excited about that. And yet, you know, it's, you know, constant baptism debates and worship debates and things like that. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's it's not always the best venue for that stuff either. The other thing that I see online sometimes, and this is something that does concern me, is that you will have fans of a certain teacher. And I'll, I'll pick on John Piper, for instance. So people that just absolutely love John Piper, and if somebody criticizes them, they just, they're just ready to go at it. <laughs> they're like, mm -hmm. you know, almost like, how dare you criticize John Piper, how dare you criticize John MacArthur? Don't you know who he is? Yeah. Don't you know how much, well he knows scripture? And and I, mm -hmm. I think it can be actually dangerous to elevate a teacher so much that you're almost like, well, if he believes it, then I'm going to believe it. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, we kind of have these like giants, you know, in the reformed community that we look up to a lot. And I think it could be, can become idolatry in a, in a sense where they can do no wrong. Um, and knowing what we know about the doctrines of grace, we're all totally depraved. And so that certainly can't be true. You know, um, I think it's okay to, you know, show respect and reverence and not misrepresent you know, John Piper or whoever it is, um, but they're not beyond critique, especially if you're a public figure and you're making public statements, um, your sermons are public or your videos or whatever you do is public, then I think you're open to public critique. And so if someone's saying, oh, John Piper said this thing and I disagree with him on that, um, that's okay. They can disagree with a public video he made or something, you know, because he put it out for the public. You know, it's different if it's, you know, screenshots of text messages or something that's like a private matter, you know. But wouldn't you say, Colleen, if, if someone's yeah. a public figure, they're open to that? I, I I absolutely think so. Sometimes people will say, have you followed Matthew 18? And it's like, um, this sermon's on YouTube, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not like, it, it's not like you sinned against me and I have to go do that. And I should mention it. There's also a tendency the other way where people will write a teacher off out of some secondary matter. You know, yeah. they'll, yeah, I can't really quite think of it, an example, but some teacher does. Well, R.C. Sproul is a Cato Baptist, so I'm not going to listen to anything R.C. Sproul does. Right. Or, you know, that's, or, a good example. that's just an, that's just an example came to my mind, but, um, even if you're a Baptist, there's a lot you agree with R.C. Sproul on, you know, or um, 
I've never actually heard anyone write off R.C. Sproul, by the way. <laughs> so I think that's why I chose him, because he's, he's so respected and stuff. So. Yeah, or John MacArthur's a dispensational. So, you know, I, I just have to be done with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing, a lot of times at the Ligonier conferences, you'll see right up on the same stage a Reformed Baptist, a Presbyterian, and MacArthur, a dispensational. Right. And they recognize their differences. They absolutely recognize their differences. But they also are mindful that they are part of the same church. Mm -hmm. The universal church, yeah. So certainly we can do the same. (laughs) You know. That's right. Recognize recognize our sisters in Christ, their differences, and um, have unity on the things we, we agree on. So... Um, but I, I also think it's, like we said earlier, I mean, to kind of wrap things up here, I, I think it's okay to say, you know, you and I disagree on the sacraments, so we're going to go to different churches. Um, but you're still, I still want to hang out with you. You're still my sister. You know, I still um, want to discuss theological things with you and kind of, <laughs> I'll use this expression, do life with you. <laughs> that one always makes me laugh. Um <laughs> But I still, you know, you're still my my friend and stuff. But we go to different churches because we disagree on sacraments, you know. So it's that whole unity. But you don't need to compromise. You don't need to go to someone's church just to be unified with them. You know, you don't. You 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 can go to a different church, you know, and still maintain that unity. Right, and and still talk about our differences, even yeah. while being mindful of what we are unified on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, uh, I think we will go to a quick commercial and then we'll come back. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi. Welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome, everyone, to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Hermeneutics. Welcome, everybody, to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening, and welcome to the Conversations from the Port. On Hello and welcome to Living in the Vine. This is the Council of Google Plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Twelve podcasts, one network. Check them out at BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Hi, and this is Colleen. Before I wrap it up, I just wanted to mention a few things. We have some great episodes coming up. I just talked to somebody who is going to be coming on as a guest to discuss Martin Luther and the Reformation, and I can't think of anybody better than this man to come on to talk about this. So I'm very excited about that, and we hope to do a couple other Reformation episodes since this is, since next month we celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. The other thing I wanted to mention is if you would like to support us, we have an account on Patreon where you could support us just a few dollars a month. We do need to upgrade some of our equipment, and just today I uploaded a joint episode that we did with Tim from Bible Thumping Wingnut and Frank Mullis 
from Grappling with Theology, and we talked about abuse in the church. And it's very different than what we talked about on our episode on abuse in the church. We talked about all kinds of different abuse and just a lot about the right ways to deal with it and some different things. And I know I said I was going to upload that a few weeks ago, and I apologize for being a little bit behind on that. I've been under the weather. And I'm also going to be uploading another subscriber episode, just a short episode on the Nashville Statement. So I'll be doing that um, hopefully Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. And I hope to do a subscriber episode, not long episodes, but just short little special episodes, at least every couple of weeks, if not more often. And I'm going to think of some other things we can do for our supporters on Patreon. So if you want to know how you can support us, if you go to BibleThumpingWingNut.com, click on Theology Gals and click on any episode and there's a link there. Also, we would love for you to leave comments or questions on our voicemail, which is 951-407-0234. We love getting voicemails. And you can email us at theologygals at gmail.com or you can contact us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Well, I really appreciate you guys joining us today. I've put everything that we talked about on the webpage, Double Thumping Wingnut, and click on Theology Gals. Look for the episode on Christian Unity. I put several verses that we didn't get to and the other things that we talked about. I also linked the episode with Pastor Brian Thomas where we talked about how we can disagree while still being mindful that we are part of the same church. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week.